0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, and it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor, sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group.
1: And Vinny Bonsignor should be joining us in a matter of minutes. My man DeMond's trying to get him right now as he's in Sarasota, Florida. He had an opportunity to catch up with running back Josh Jacobs, caught up with Hunter Renfro, caught up with Derek Carr. And he asked. I know he asked Derek Carr about Ray Guy, and there was a really good kind of lengthy answer that Derek Carr gave him But it was so loud in the locker room, I don't know if we're going to be able to hear it. I don't know if we're going to be able to salvage it as DeMond just shook me off and was like, nope, not going to happen. We were listening to it earlier, and we were trying to to figure out if, if it would make sense, and you'd be able to hear it over the radio. And I didn't think we could, but, you know, of course, we always think that we could save every bit of audio, and we have a way to fix it. No. It didn't happen. So uh, Derek Carr, we won't be able to hear from, but we will be able to hear from Josh Jacobs. We will be able to hear from Hunter Renfro at some point in the show. Coming up at 3.30, Ted Wynn from The Athletic will join the show. Talk about what the Saints did defensively against the Raiders and why the Raiders struggled so much to try to move the ball. I know a lot of it had to do with up front getting the pressure on Carr, but just want to get his thoughts on what the Saints were able to do and how the Raiders could counter it you know if the, if the jaguars try to do something similar what is the raiders counter move so we'll we'll uh, we'll catch up with ted coming up at 330 of course, Lincoln Kennedy, our normal Thursday guest, joins us uh, every single Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock. He'll join us at 4, and then we'll close things out with Van McElroy, former Raider safety. Won a Super Bowl ring with Ray Guy, so we'll talk to him about Ray Guy. So we started the show off talking Ray. We'll end the show with Ray Guy here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And while we're efforting Vinny Bonsignor, let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines. I know we've got a couple folks that have been trying to get in, but we've been super packed so far to start the show. But let's go ahead and talk to our guy. Raider Fish is gone now, too? This is a lot of yeah, Raider
2: Fishing Okay, dollars. well then there
1: you go. <laughs> this is some great producing live on the air. I love it. This is awesome. So <laughs> there you go. We don't have that. Or how about we listen to Josh Jacobs? How about we go to that? Josh Jacobs was what we were planning on doing to close out hour number one anyway. We didn't get to that, so no doubt. Let's go ahead and go into uh, Josh Jacobs. I said we'd hear from both of these guys, Jacobs and Hunter Renfro, before the show was over. So here is Josh Jacobs, Vinny Bonsignor. I believe Vic Tafer's there as well in this conversation in the Raiders locker room in Sarasota, Florida.
0: 70 some odd hours after what happened on Sunday Was that, is that ample time to kind of flush that thing and move move on ahead to, uh, to the next one uh, or are there some things that maybe you guys need to heed and take from that kind of a loss
3: uh, me personally I, after I watch film whether I have a good game or a bad game I kind of just throw it away after that uh, cause you don't have too much time to prepare for the next team you know what I'm saying you gotta watch enough film on what this team doing. and uh, a lot of teams are so different you know what I'm saying like it's hard to like weigh on it, weigh on the other things, but that's just my personal, you know what I'm saying, the That's what I kinda like, my process of what I go through.
0: When you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is a defense that's only given up like nineteen points a game. So they got some ball players on that side uh, of the field. What you, what jumps out at you about
3: Jacksonville? Uh they're definitely probably the fastest defense we played this year. And, you know, in the, in the back end, they, they got some fast guys, four, three guys, for two guys. So that's the, that's the thing that popped out the most to me is uh, they can move. From a running back's perspective, uh, that type of a
0: defense, do you enjoy those kinds of challenges of playing that chess game and figuring out, all right, where are we going to find the openings here?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you, you know, like just coming in, you got to get vertical. You know what I'm saying? Get your yards where you can get them. But, uh, It's going to also be opportunities where I feel like, you know, we're going to be in space and we're going to have to make the guys tackle us. You know what I'm saying? That's just any given week. So I think it's going to be fun. How are you
2: enjoying this week? The whole
3: uh, weekend way? The whole team bonding deal? Oh, that's cool, I guess. I mean, me personally, it's nothing like your own bed. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Nothing like your own toilet. So that's kind of like the biggest things I look forward to. But it's, it's been cool, man, to be with the guys and, you know what I'm saying, just get to know a couple of more players. Uh, some of the brightest players, you know, came in a little earlier just to be able to kick it to gym and move around with them. It's, it's been cool.
0: Are you somebody that gets a little stir-crazy sometimes when you're Living out of a hotel, living out of the suitcase.
3: Uh, yeah, because you know it get you too much of a get you camp vibes, you know what I'm saying? You're right. But we're not having like camp type meetings and things like that. So we actually got time to you know go out and and catch dinner or, or whatever with each other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, go walk around to the beach you know, and things like that. Um, so I, I think that's something that's definitely needed.
1: Josh Jacobs right there in the Raiders locker room there in Sarasota, Florida as they're preparing for the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up on Sunday. Again, you can hear that game kicking off at 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, speaking of a guy living out of a suitcase and living in a hotel room, Vinny Bonsignor, we've got him now from uh, the RJ, also the morning tailgate right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Vinny, thanks so much for your time. As you could tell, we were just listening to what uh, you and Josh Jacobs and Vic Tafer had to say. Uh, What was the vibe that you got out of the locker room from the players as they've had a couple days now practice under their belt and they're preparing for another game they're they're looking forward there's no more looking back
0: yeah no doubt about it and um, you know I think it was on a number of different levels Uh, this is probably a good trip for them because it is hot and humid uh, here in Florida right now um, and it's that's cold here. Expected. It's cold here, brother. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly. Um, and it would have been, uh, I, I mean, I know that, you know, guys were talking about how hot, and you know a lot of these guys. First of all, they trained mm-hmm. in, in, in Las Vegas during the heat of, of Las Vegas during the summer. Uh, But this is a different type of heat, um, and I don't know why uh, Florida is so far behind. It's fall right now, but Florida is not reciprocating. So I think it was a good thing for them to get out in the open uh, and and experience this heat and humidity and a couple of really rigorous practices that they've had uh, thus far here in Florida because this is what they're going to be confronted with uh, in Jacksonville. So above and beyond, just kind of getting away and having to lean on each other. You know, there's no... um, scattering at the end of the workday to go home. That's what, you know, everybody that has a job does. Uh, you're not spending 24-7 uh, with, with your with your co-workers. But um, here in, in Florida, for the, for the Raiders, and in kind of a trying time from their, um, you know, psyche and losing and being two and five and coming off an embarrassing uh, loss, they don't have any distractions. They don't have their families or friends to go home to. It's just them. And uh, that could be a good thing but of course we're going to find out on, on sunday in jacksonville
1: talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920 unnecessary roughness so on Sunday for the Raiders what do you think is most important as far as the way that they execute is it uh, something I asked Josh McDaniels about last week the start of the game like getting off to a quick start is it you know maintaining is it defensive what do you think will be kind of the key for the Raiders on Sunday
0: yeah I do think a quick start uh, is, is important because it allows the Raiders to play their type of game. Um, they're not a... They don't want to drop back and have to throw it 30 times uh, in order to get back into a game. Um, and, you know, with the offensive line where it is right now, it's shown some growth uh, in a lot of areas, but it, it hasn't really... You know, when when it's got when it's being asked to hold up, uh, dropping Derek Carr back there 30, 35 times again because they've got to throw the ball, they haven't done a very good job of protecting him. So... They need to play from ahead, uh, and that's establishing their run game, being able to score and get the, get, the, uh, get, the, get the scoreboard in their favor so they can play the game on their terms. And then part of that is, is really getting off to a fast start. And it's not just offensively. We all understand they've got to put points on the board, but it's also defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing a team that's ranked 21st in the NFL uh, in scoring at 21 points a game. Trevor Lawrence has been on a really bad swing here over these last five games. There are five interceptions compared to four touchdowns, he's completing under 50, under 60% of his passes. Um, he just hasn't been playing well, and the, you know the Jaguars' five-game losing streak reflects that. Well, the Raiders need to take advantage of that, especially defensively. This is a quarterback that's not playing well. It's an offensive line that hasn't protected him uh, well, necessarily. He's prone to throwing interceptions, uh, and to me that's something that this defense has got to capitalize on, to help this offense.
1: Is this a a game where, and I hate to say it because I feel like I've said it every week, is this a game where you might see a little bit more from Chandler Jones, or is this a game where you might see some guys that we haven't seen too much of, like a Malcolm Kuntz, like a Tashawn Bauer, or somebody who you know doesn't get as much burn as as Chandler Jones normally gets?
0: Uh, yeah, you know, you would. I'm with you. Like I, I keep expecting to see that, but we haven't. And obviously, um, you know Chandler Jones makes a lot of money now Dave Ziegler told us tomorrow told us yesterday you know, when we talked to him and asked him about the Alex Leatherwood situation. Um, you know he said that you know the way the Raiders handled that sent a, a positive message or a stern message maybe uh, to to the rest of the team where it's not going to matter how much money you make or where your draft status was or whether you're homegrown or brought in they're going to play the best players uh, available I got to assume. That Chandler Jones, even with his struggles, has shown to them that he's their best option. But I do wonder about a Bauer. Uh, and I go back to the preseason. I know it was just against um, you know backup players in preseason mm-hmm. games, but he showed an ability to get to the quarterback. He showed kind of a hot hand. You know, Whatever mm-hmm. he was doing and whoever he was playing against, he was figuring out ways to get to the quarterback. And what's the very thing that the Raiders aren't doing right now and that's to get to the quarterback. I would give him a shot. Um, I think that they've made a little bit of a mistake not playing him and not at least giving that hot hand in the preseason a chance to, you know, continue on in the regular season. If he had got to the regular season um, and, he, and he wasn't doing what he was doing in the preseason, that's a whole other story. But they didn't even give him the opportunity to at least show that he can do that. And, and I feel like it's, 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 it's been a little bit of a, of a mistake. Malcolm Kuntz, I don't I, I can't make that call uh, on Malcolm. For whatever reason, he's not showing them enough uh, across the board to get more playing time. Um, and as a result, it's basically been Chandler Jones with a little bit of spell from from Clee Farrell, who's not doing much in terms of the pass rush either. So they're a little bit of a pickle right now, and I, I feel like they got a guy on the roster. Uh, that, that showed that he could get to the quarterback, why not give him a shot?
1: I agree, 100%. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And to say, Roughness. damon has got one for you. Yeah, yesterday you teased
2: it, but now the story's out about Derek Carr's back. So just how serious is this back injury for Derek Carr?
0: Uh, I think it's serious enough that, serious enough that um, he's in pain. Um, he said it got better. It's gotten better from last week to this week. Uh, I think he aggravated it. I don't think he did aggravate it against the Saints. And it, it did affect, um, you know, the velocity that he had on the ball, his mobility. Uh, it's not an excuse. Uh, he, he'd, he'd never use it as an excuse. But, you know, back injuries are, are tricky. Um, and a quarterback needs, you know, all body, body functions to be working uh, at a pretty high level to get the kind of velocity that you need to get on the ball uh, in this league. So um, he feels like it's getting better, and the Raiders need it to get better uh, because, that's the last thing that they need amid, uh, you know, among everything else that's going wrong right now, they can't have their quarterback injured to the point where it's affecting his performance.
2: I'm not asking you to play doctor, but do we know what type of a back injury this is or the severity of it? Could it just be some spasms or could there be some internal damage? Uh, I don't
0: know uh, the answers to, uh, to all those questions. I do know that um, he's been in a lot of pain um, and, you know, hopefully that pain is starting to subside. Uh, that's what he said yesterday that, that was happening, but I do know that he's, been, that, he, that he's been playing in a lot of pain.
1: Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Vinny is in Sarasota, Florida with the Raiders as they prepare for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, one guy that I'm looking at for the Jaguars that can, I think, damage the Raiders on Sunday is Travis Etienne. He is not Alvin Kamara, but he's Alvin Kamara like. How critical is it going to be that that defense is able to key in on him and not let, them, not let him wreck the game?
0: Extremely. Uh, and we've seen now two running backs, uh, Travis, uh, you know, uh, or to me, um, you know, Henry from, from, from Tennessee, yeah. uh, and then Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, uh, last week, that were able to, to really hurt the Raiders, not just as runners, but as pass catchers. Uh, that's what's really been hurting uh, the, the Raiders right now. Uh, and here comes another back that can do all of those different things. Hard to bring down, elusive, got a lot of life in his legs right now, plays with power. Um, and so – you know, that's a, it's been a problem for the, for the Raiders. They, they typically are able to stop the run where it doesn't, you know, kill them. But stopping the run and the pass, uh, especially out of the backfield, has been a problem. It feels like we're on a broken record there mm-hmm. uh, because that's been happening quite a bit over the years. Uh, and it just continues to happen right now. Uh, and I do think, and, and Q, you and I were talking about this, a lot of this does come down to execution. Are the players good enough? I don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out at the end of the year when, when they do their evaluation Who who's along for the ride next year and who isn't. But whatever the case is, this is who they've got right now. They're not, there's, you know, Dick Buckus and right. Warren Taylor aren't coming through the door anytime soon. you got to play with what you've got, and you got to make what you have better. And part of that is that players you know, understanding their assignments and and executing at a higher level. I think Derek Carr said something yesterday that was kind of telling. Um, You know, talking about the process, the week-long process, and the urgency that's needed. And it doesn't stop on Saturday when you're not doing something physical. You know, come Saturday, where it's more mental, it's getting into the playbook. Mm -hmm. It's understanding what your assignment is as an individual player. Uh, and, Q, we were talking about a play, uh, that Alvin Kamara 36-yard touchdown play, yeah. uh, where multiple guys kind of blew their assignments. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they, there, was, there, was a, there was something that they needed to do they didn't do. Uh, that's basically stuff Alvin Kamara in the backfield, so he's not even uh, an option in the pass game. And two guys let him fly right by him. And he was wide open, and he scored an easy touchdown as a result. That's what's not happening right now on a more consistent basis for the Raiders is guys doing their job.
1: No doubt. That's exactly what the Raiders need is guys to do their job. Speaking of guys doing their job, Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards last week against uh, the Saints. I know that he was dealing with the illness and just like the the back injury with Derek Carr, not going to use that as an excuse. And I know he wouldn't either. What kind of game do you expect from Devontae? Does, does he uh, do you get the feeling talking to him in the locker room, seeing him out there on the practice field that he's one of those guys that, OK, I might have had a bad game a week ago, but I'm about to turn up this week.
0: Well, usually when great players have bad games, they make somebody pay for that. Right. Uh, and so maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be on the wrong side uh, of a bad game that Devonte had, because uh, we know the great ones usually do that. Mm. They don't stay bad for long, and they usually take it out on their very next opponent. Uh, so this might be a rough day for whoever's going to de- be f- de- defending Devontae Adams. Having said that, uh it also requires an offensive line to protect the quarterback, right. the quarterback to make his throws and reads uh and all that. So it's you know, unfortunately at, at the wide receiver position, you could do your job perfectly and the ball's still not coming your way or the ball's not thrown where it needs to be thrown, all of those types of things uh can, can ruin what a, a everything great that a wide receiver did. So it's obviously gonna be uh a, a team wide thing. But if Derek's doing his job and the offensive line is doing his job, uh, I have a feeling Devontae is in is in line for a big day.
1: Yeah, I feel that way. I really do. I feel like, as you mentioned, the great ones usually bounce back and have a big day, and I think that Devontae is going to make sure that he uh, there is no questions asked. No questions remain after after this game on Sunday uh, about, you know, if he's feeling okay, if he's in the system, if he's clicking with Derek Carr. I think he's going to let Derek know that, hey, I'm going to be open early. I'm going to be open often. Just get me the rock. Final question for you, Vinny. Darren Waller, limited again on today's uh, injury report. I'm gonna assuming he's going to be limited on Friday and I'm assuming it's going to be a game time decision on Sunday like it was against the Saints uh, what are you hearing, what are you seeing and how, what's your gut feeling tell you
0: I think you would be assuming correctly um, You know, unless tomorrow he shows up and it's a full practice and he's no longer or and he's, you know, he's not listed as, as questionable or, or doubtful or any of those types of things or out for that matter um, but short of that, I think it's going to be uh, a, a game time decision. Just as it has been the last couple of weeks, um, and so hopefully for Darren Waller and for the Raiders, he's out there playing. Another guy to keep an eye on, uh, I think, is Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, got a chance uh, a little bit to, uh, to 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 talk to Hunter and kind of pick his brain about some things. And you know, I think that he's kind of come to a point uh, in this in this season where you know he's got to be Hunter Renfro again. And I think he thinks and believes and understands. Uh, it, it, it's on him a little bit, you know, uh, there, he's a guy that's going to execute the game plan. He's a guy that's going to do his job at a high level, whatever he's told to do, he's going to do. But there's a part of Hunter Renfro's game that, um, that he understands he needs to put his own spin on things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened to him in his rookie year with, with John Gruden. He was doing things precisely exactly how they wanted him to do it, and he wasn't getting the results. Uh, that he was used to getting uh, at Clemson and basically made a decision upon himself like, Look, I gotta I gotta do what they're asking me to do, that's understandable, but I also gotta do it my way. And I think he's kinda coming to that crossroads right now where he's gonna start doing it a little bit more his way. Not, you know, going against the coach. I'm not right. saying that right, right, right. Uh, or anything like that. But just doing it the way that the way that, that's worked for him.
2: All right Vinny, so I've got to ask the follow up about that. What did he do differently? Did he elaborate on what he did differently that rookie season that led to some more success?
0: I think more just playing instinctually and mm-hmm. running routes, getting open the way he gets open, you know. Um, and that there's 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 also a um, there's an understanding with Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro, and and you know Carr's kind of alluded to it a few times too. He's 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 told Edgar Bennett, "Look, man, I know that that's how we drew it up, but we got a little thing going on here. Where um, forget about how it was done. Let's just focus on the results." And I think that. Um, I think I think Josh McDaniels and this staff are kind of coming to the understanding, you know, that hey, you know, there's there's the, there's a way we want it to be done, but then there's also room for interpretation, if you want to put it that way, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and letting guys just be football players out there sometimes, and it's not nobody's right or wrong in this. I'm not trying to. Nobody's pointing any fingers, and Hunter would never point any right, fingers right. in that regard too. But there's a way sometimes where you know what I'm saying like yeah, even, yeah. and then this goes for, for all sports. So um, I would expect. I think Hunter is kind of getting to that point.
1: Uh, that's interesting. I mean, it really is because, again, I, I think that Hunter does a great job, but like you mentioned, getting open is not necessarily the 100% traditional, precise type way, but he does a good job of doing that. So if he can incorporate a little bit of that into what he's doing right now, that probably could go a long way, and it sounds like that that's where he's leaning on where, where he wants to start doing. Exactly. There you go. Boom. I like it. Mic drop moment right there for Vinny Bonsignor. Well, Vinny, <laughs> you gave us a great tease yesterday about Derek Carr, his back, and the piece that you were putting out. What do you got coming up next that uh, we should be on the lookout for?
0: Yeah, I uh, just wrote about how uh, <laughs> even the Raiders are marveling uh, at uh, at this IMG Academy. It is, is, it's pretty spectacular, although I had a couple players who told me I would have never gone to a place like this. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes... It, it, just imagine being in high school and you know going to a place like that. It just feels right. like a factory, uh, and that's all it good. is.
1: <laughs> it is exactly that's what they're there right? for. They're training them to be pros, and they're in high school.
0: I know, I know, and 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 you know, and that and that's great. And I think it fits with with a lot of kids. But there's some players that have told me that I would have never right not nah, this this wouldn't have been for me. You know, they're still yep. also going to high school and be having fun and all that. Not to say that any of these kids aren't, but man, there's like. There's villas on this campus, there's a luxury hotel, there's world... Cl- it's just, it's, it's unbelievable, you know? And I know that, you know, they do this in Europe a little bit, too. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's you know, uh, training uh, where, they, where they just pluck kids. I mean, I'm, and we're talking about, they, they started in the sixth grade. It yeah. costs $100,000 to go to the school. But the, the bigger point of all that, I'm kind of digressing a little bit, is um, I think for the Raiders, as we talked about earlier, just, just getting away from it all mm-hmm. and being able to lean on themselves, here in Florida, um, I think was, was was probably a good thing. But as we keep saying, you know, we've been calling stuff like, oh, it's going to happen this week, and feel good about it going into this week, you know, and only for Raiders to, to go out there and kind of disappoint everybody. I don't know if this is going to help. We're going to find out, though, on Sunday in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because they're going to need it to help. They're going to need this game oh, yeah. on Sunday. They've got to find a way to win the game, and I'm not talking about the P word. I'm not talking about playoffs. I'm just talking about for themselves right, for themselves exactly. in that locker room. They've got to see some success. They've got to see some Ws and knowing that what they're working for, Vinny, is actually working.
0: Exactly. That's that's the biggest thing is that you don't know, have to say that guys are going to start quitting or not buying in anymore, but at, after a while, you know, you got to start seeing the results, the right. positive results.
1: Exactly. Yeah, man, look, you can only get somebody knows no's. I live half my life with no's, man. Finally, <laughs> finally, I got that first okay, and I was good to go after that. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Vinny. And I don't think you would have ever given up, though.
1: No, 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 no. You're right. You're right, man. Hey, look, you know, (laughs) you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take, brother. So I was a shooter. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Great. Hey, Vinny, great stuff as always, man. Fantastic coverage from Sarasota. We definitely appreciate everything that you're providing, including sounds from the locker room. We got Hunter Renfro coming up later on the show. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Awesome, guys. Take care. All right, there he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, fantastic job. He's Johnny on the spot, doing a hell of a job there in Sarasota, Florida. We do appreciate him. Three twenty-three is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Ted Wynn from The Athletic. Uh, he was doing a little bit of uh film breakdown. He was looking at what the Saints did against the Raiders. And, and, and so we want to talk about what they did in particular that he saw on film. And then, okay, if that happens with Jacksonville, if they decide to defend the Raiders that way, What could Josh McDaniels the company do to kind of counteract that, make that counter move to put the Raiders in a better position to win some games? Plus we'll get to some of your texts and a couple tweets that we got. Got a tweet already about the draft, the draft, the April draft. Yeah. Got a tweet about that. We'll talk about that next as well. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Got this tweet, and we got Ted Wynn from The Athletic coming up in a few minutes. Got this tweet. As I tweet out the show rundown each and every day, about 1.35, it drops to let you know what guests are coming up on the show, just in case you're on the Twitter world and you didn't want to, hey, you know, I want to know what's coming up on Unnecessary Roughness. Do it every day religiously. Got this tweet as a reply from Sean. Hey, Q, when are we going to start talking about our choices for the top 10 of the draft and which way you think we will go? Sean, first of all, thank you for the tweet. Definitely appreciate it. But, brother, it is November 3rd. (laughs) It is November 3rd, and the Raiders have played seven games. While I agree 100%, it has not gone the way that any of us, especially me, thought it was going to go, I am in no way, shape, or form ready to start talking about the draft. Now, I don't mind watching college ball and scouting out some players, as I do each and every Saturday and say, oh, man, that guy would be a hell of a Raider. Man, that guy would be a hell of a Raider. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of what position they're drafting, what uh, when when they're slotted to draft, I'm not ready for that. Right? I mean, think about this. Think of that time, and I always say it's a long period of time. Think about that time after the Super Bowl gets wrapped up and the actual draft in April. We have plenty of time to talk about the draft. We have plenty of time to watch the rest of the college football season, see how it shakes out, see where – what, and what players you think would be good additions to the silver and black. It's fine to get a good idea right now, kind of in your mind. But as far as going in and having a, you know, a full-blown show or multiple segments on the draft, nah, not yet, bro. <laughs> not yet. They have 10 games left to play, guaranteed. Anything after that is gravy. But I'll tell you right now, with 10 games left, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I mean, they they've really got to go on a bad losing streak before we start deep diving into the 2023. NFL draft but thank you for the tweet my man I do appreciate that join us on the phone lines right now from the athletic It's our good friend Ted Wynn he does a fantastic job of film breakdown and Ted thanks so much for your time my man I just want to really have you on I saw a couple tweets and uh, I believe you had some film breakdown on TikTok about what the Saints were able to do to the Raiders defense and I'm not trying to dwell on the Saints game but not being able to cross the 50 until uh, like three minutes left in the game is a, is a big red flag to me. Like, whoa, what in the world went wrong with all the offensive weapons that they have? So, in particular, when you look at what the Saints were able to do, what what stood out to you as you watched the film?
4: Well, I don't think the Saints did anything new to the, to the Raiders' defense. First, I think they got manhandled up front. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. And that's kind of been their bread and butter and go-to when the passing game is out of sync was – uh, they were able to rely on Josh Jacobs to, to, and the offensive line to move that front, and they just couldn't do it against the Saints. And uh, you know, in the past few years, the Saints has have, have been very stout up front, but that just hasn't been true um, this year. But it, it kind of found their their magic again this year, and they, the Raiders couldn't move it, move the ball uh, on them. And, and in the secondary, the Saints were playing the typical coverages that the Raiders have been seeing. They were seeing a lot of. Uh, cover seven brackets where they're you know bracketing two receivers and leaving the other two uh, with one on one coverage. And when the Raiders had one on ones, they just couldn't punish the Saints uh, Saints for playing that way. Like you know the um, the deep pass to Keelan Cole that was overthrown, mm-hmm. uh, the two deep balls to Adam uh, Devontae Adams that couldn't get completed. Those are the plays you have to hit against these types of defenses to get them out of it or to get them to play softer. But the Raiders just failed to do so, and um, you know that the results were the results.
1: Was that a more of a result? And I even go back to you know the Mac Hollins uh, play where, where Derek threw it down the sideline and Hollins was wide open and he overthrew him there. Was that more of the pressure was getting to him from the defensive line from Cameron Jordan and company, or was that just you know a Derek Carr overthrow multiple times?
4: Well, I, th- I think um, the offensive line played better than they got credit for. There okay. are obviously some times where there were protection breakdowns, but there were also times where uh, they gave Carr plenty of time and he just couldn't find anybody open. And I think you know some of those were coverage sacks, uh, but some of them were missed passes too. So I think you could kind of put blame on, on everybody here. I think you know partly the wide receivers. I thought Adams should have came down with a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carr overthrew some guys, obviously, and the protection broke down in, in bad times.
1: So as far as Devontae Adams, you mentioned he could have came down with a couple. There was one that was right in his hands, and he dropped it. I remember that one. I, I remember when it happened. I thought, that, that just can't happen with Devontae Adams. But he ends up getting held to one catch for three yards. Uh, what was it that that the actual DB, the youngster, uh, who was going up against Devontae Adams, was he doing anything special as far as his coverage? Not n- really ne- necessarily technique, but just he, was, he just had a better day than Devontae Adams. Or was it, again, more of just they weren't able to get on the same page?
4: Yeah, you know, I thought Alante Taylor played pretty well against, um, arguably one of the best receivers, uh, in the league. So, you know, credit goes to Alante, but Adams had his opportunities. Like we, we mentioned there were the two completions that should have been completed and they were over 20 yards each. Um, and there was another time where the Saints played some sort of cover zero coverage and Adams got wide open. Um, and that could have been a, another long touchdown that the Raiders just couldn't complete. But at that time, the pressure got to, uh, got to Carr and they just couldn't connect. So um, the Raiders had opportunities downfield, but again, for some reason or another, they just failed to connect. And against this type of defense where um, you know, they're playing really aggressive in the secondary, you have to be able to hit those opportunities.
1: Talking again with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So for this upcoming game uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they've had their own struggles defensively, uh, do you think that the Raiders will have an opportunity to get back to their bread and butter, which is run the ball with Josh Jacobs?
4: Yeah, the, the, the Jaguars aren't a terrible run defense, but they are a, um, you know, in the latter half of uh, run defense in DVOA, I think they're 20th. So I, I think um, the Raiders run game does have a chance to kind of redeem itself and get going again. And that's going to be huge uh, for the Raiders to stay efficient and um, just to get some, some games going where they're not having to rely on, on the big play all the time to move the ball.
2: With the Raiders in this run offense? Josh Jacobs. I read the article that you posted about the three, three running backs that are changing the game almost, and Josh Jacobs is one of them. But how much is it for this Raiders offensive line to at least get him to that second level, so then he can have some room to work?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's very important. You know, he is able to break tackles, but it, it's hard to break multiple tackles, or it's, it's hard to move the ball when. You know, there's zero movement up front. So, you know, when you get uh, a guy like Josh Jacobs into the secondary, or get get him some space to work with, that's when he could really uh, work his magic. But, um, it, you know, looking at that Saints game, there just wasn't much uh, room to work for, for you know for him to work with.
1: Ted Wynn is our guest from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We were just talking to Vinny Bonsignor, and he had talked to Hunter Renfro in the Raiders locker room there in Sarasota, Florida, as they're preparing for the Jaguars. And he had got a sense that Hunter was going to get back to or going to attempt to get back to being Hunter. Like, he wasn't really running routes this year the same way he was uh, a year ago and wasn't really getting open the same way. Um, what have you seen different from Hunter Renfro from a year ago to the way he's, he's trying to run his routes or play his game this year?
4: Yeah, I don't know if it's something specific, but he's definitely not getting the separation that he uh, he, he did last year. He, he's getting covered. He is getting doubled a little bit more um, than he was last year. Uh, but he, you know, when he does get one-on-one coverage, I'm not seeing him break away from um, defensive backs like uh, we're used to seeing.
1: Is this uh, regime with Josh McDaniels and company, is this something where everything has to be run precisely? Because for me – uh, Ted, it feels like Hunter is a guy that, I don't want to say freelances, but he has his own style and he has his own way of getting open. Is this more of a, they have to? this has to be done 100% precisely or it's the wrong way according to this regime?
4: Um, I don't know if it's uh, precision, um, but I do know that there are a lot of options and different ways to run routes against different types of coverages. And sometimes you have to make those reads after the snap. Um, it's a very complicated offense to pick up, which is why um, you know when you look at New England, it, some some receivers that have done well in other places go there and they they kind of struggle because mm. I think it's a lot to process mentally. and I think um, a lot of these raiders are are kind of having uh, a tough time just getting really in sync with this offense. we've We've seen signs of it. Uh, but obviously it kind of fell apart against the Saints.
1: Does it kind of feel like to you that they are having a a struggle when it comes to picking up the offense and and just exactly what they need to be doing? Are they thinking a little too much?
4: Yeah, I mean it's hard to say without talking to the players, but uh, Darren Waller had some uh, interview that um, I can't credit whoever interviewed him um, because I don't remember who it was, but he (laughs) did talk about how complicated um, this offense is, and there, there, there are some growing pains, so I don't know how long it's going to take for the Raiders to pick it up, but obviously they're going to have to you know, get going pretty soon.
1: Yeah, no, they, they really will. They have a game against Jacksonville that I feel like is a very winnable game, but to be honest, Ted, I thought last week's game against New Orleans was very winnable, and we saw what happened. So uh, they got to get things turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry. Anything that stands out to you from this Raiders team as they go into this game against Jacksonville? Anything that you think that they could do really well maybe against Jacksonville to, to exploit a weakness that the Jaguars have?
4: Uh, like we talked about, you know, the, the Jaguars are twentieth in rush defense DVOA, so I think it's important to get him going, um, just to get Jacobs going on the ground again. You know, even if Waller does come back and play this game, I still think the, the offense might have some issues as far as getting in sync. So I, I think it's important that uh, they're able to rush with some consistency.
2: A player that I wanted to ask you about is Devontae Adams. I know after the first game, people were saying, hey, man, you can't target him that much. And now it's been a little steady since then. I know last week he only had the one catch. But does this offense need to get Devontae Adams more involved? Um,
4: Yeah, I mean, I think last week he could have, you know, caught those two passes and his stat line would have looked much different if uh, he did have those two passes. But, yeah, you could um, find – I think – what you wanna do is find ways to target him underneath and in, in the intermediate parts of the field a little bit more, even against um bracket coverages or um or or a bump and run coverage. I think you could, you know, work some pick routes and kinda of look at things that they did in Green Bay to get him the ball short.
2: All right, and uh, the name you were looking for was Austin Boyd, on the guy who I spoke go. to, uh yeah, Darren Waller, you just want to give credit where credits due.
1: Boom, there he goes, Damon, Johnny on the spot right there. Final question for you, Ted. Going back to uh, Devonte Adams, we were talking earlier with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, and he said, "Yeah, the numbers are are decent, and you know he's on pace, you know, to to have a really good season, like 1,200 plus yards, 92 catches." But it just seems like everything has been really slow and quiet when it comes to Devonte Adams. Do you get that sense as well that it's just, yeah, he's he's putting the numbers up, you know, they're going to add up at some point, but it just feels like it's really quiet right now.
4: Mm, I mean, you know, I, I think we definitely see his impact, you know, even when he's not getting the ball, he's, he's drawing coverage, but um, the Raiders just haven't been able to take advantage of it. I mean, before, um, before the Saints game, the Raiders were third in points per drive, surprisingly, they, you know, some of their averages were uh, up there in the top five, top 10 in the league. So I think we've seen his impact, um, but they're still trying to get in sync and trying to figure out um, how to best navigate the way that, Defenses are, are playing them.
1: There you go. Ted Wynn from The Athletic here with us on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, what do you got coming out maybe on The Athletic, maybe your TikTok page that we should be on the lookout for?
4: Yeah, I don't have anything coming out on The Raiders this week on Athletics. Athletic, but yeah, check out my TikTok page. It's, at, uh, it's FB underscore film analysis. I'll have uh, the breakdown of what went wrong against the Saints on there uh, pretty soon. Um, and so, some more content, so check that out.
1: Definitely. We'll definitely check it out. Well, Ted, it's always great, man, to get a little bit of film breakdown from you. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the games, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. There he goes. Ted Win from The Athletic at FB underscore Film Analysis on Twitter. You can also find him on TikTok at FB underscore Film Analysis and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio 920. I really do feel like, Damon, that we're going to see – hunter renfro i just everything that you know viddie was saying about hunter and just the way that you know he he's gonna kind of get back to get being him i feel like you're gonna see a a little bit more of what we saw from hunter a, a year ago
2: yeah i know you're not the biggest movie guy but there's a movie the other guys and mark Wahlberg's character he says to the captain of the police force i'm a peacock captain you gotta let me fly He's not saying that exactly to head coach Josh McDaniels, but I think, you know, he's got to strut his stuff. He's got to like, let him color outside of the lines.
1: Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Is that the movie? Is that the movie where he has a a wood gun? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. (laughs) I, I, shameless plug. I like that movie because, oh man, what's his name? Um, The funny dude with. The funny dude in the movie with him. Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell. Who's the one that he's dating in the movie or his girl? Eva Mendez. Huh, man. Salute to even. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You, got, you know how the roots go, man. <laughs> there's always, there's always a, a reason, right? There's always a reason when it comes to me. What are you going to do, man? 3.42 is the time. Many thanks to Ted. We appreciate him. And speaking of Hunter Renfro, uh, my man Vinny got an opportunity to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room earlier today following practice. You'll hear from him next as we close out hour number two. It's Radio Nation Radio twenty. Hey,
0: Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
1: Coming up at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy will join the show, talk about what he wants to see from the Silver and Black on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 10 a.m. kickoff right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Also, before we get to Lincoln Kennedy, we want to hear from Hunter Renfro in the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignore had an opportunity to catch up with him following practice today. He caught up with him, Josh Jacobs, and Derek Carr. You'll hear from Hunter Renfro in a matter of minutes. But first, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Finally getting to open mut today and talk to our guy, Raider Fish in Berkeley. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Hey, what's up, fellas? You know, today I know we're honoring a legend, but it just it reminds me of the urgency I'm hoping the Hall of Fame has. We cannot have another uh cliff branch ken stabler piece man we got to get jim plunkett the judge and if it was up to me we got to get jack tatum which probably won't happen but those three we got to get them in before they die straight up you know i know that sounds morbid but that's real talk man at least ray guy had a chance to be there in person and give his testimony and his family could be there and he could be there in person so i'm just sending out a plea with my Raider hat in my hand to the Hall of Fame committee. Get, this, get these dudes in before they die, and go Raiders.
1: There you go. Raider Fish and Berkeley, thank you for the call. And while I agree with all those guys that you were mentioning, uh, they all have opportunities to go into the, the Hall. I do believe that uh, Lester Hayes should definitely be in. I know that they're going to debate Jim Plunkett back and forth. And, you know, there's, there's other guys that you could debate, but my bigger concern and I said this earlier in the hallway when myself and Damon and Jared were, were standing around. I said, but who's next? Who's next that's current, right? We saw C. Wood get into the hall. My bigger concern is, and this is going to sound morbid, the Raiders' history, which we know it, is is very old. It's very old. As you mentioned, a lot of the greats are very old. There's not a lot of... Guys that are going to be going into the Hall of Fame that are current dudes. I mean, think about it. Out of, out of the last 20-something years, who's the greats that the Raiders have had? You know, Charles Woodson. He's obviously already in the Hall. Right? I mean, there's been a couple here and there, but there's not been – there hasn't been a, a dominant group of talent when it comes to the silver and black. Like The, thing, the problem is there's a group of Raider Nation that's been watching the Raiders forever. Right, that knows and remembers all these great plays and great moments from a Ray Guy, from a Lester Hayes, from you know um, Marcus Allen, from all these guys that are the Snake. You know all, all this Cliff Branch, and, and then there's a group of Raider Nation that is somewhat familiar, and then all of a sudden it's like the the generation that I want to say that I'm even included in, and I know DeMond's included in, haven't seen a ton of consistent greatness. They need to get back, and I know Mark Davis wants more than nothing else to have an organization that is consistently producing great talent, which is producing great results, which are winning a lot of games and winning championships so they can get back to being that team. So there's actually players to say, hey, how come that guy's not in the hall? How come that – at least back in the day, at least when we're talking about the guys that aren't in yet, at least there's arguments to be had. The Raiders don't have players right now that you can make an argument that need to – that, that should be in consideration at some point to get into the hall. That's the bigger problem is that the history of the Raiders, you know, we always hear that the, the greatness of the Raiders is in the future right now. The greatness of the Raiders is in the past. They need to, as an organization team, everybody needs to find ways to win games, find ways to hoist Lombardi's because that's what the Raiders do. That's what they've always done. They've got to find a way. And obviously you don't do that overnight. It takes, it takes time to, to build that up. I get it. There was a point where the Raiders were in the Super Bowl or winning divisions every single decade. Hasn't happened in a while. They need to get back to that. They need to get back to even what the Chiefs are doing, consistently winning the AFC West. They need to get back to that. I mean, I'm not asking for, I'm not asking to build Rome overnight. I get it. That doesn't happen. But they've got to be in that conversation. And I, I kind of went on my soapbox yesterday and said, they got to get back to what the Patriots were, where every year you can say, oh, yeah, that team's going to be in the playoffs. That's where it starts. They, their job, you know what they used to say back in the day, your mission, if you choose to accept it or not, that's what it is. Their mission, if they choose to accept it or not, is to be that team, where they're consistently a playoff team, where they're consistently making a deep run, where it's like, well, this could be the year because, wow, they just added this player and look what they did last year. And that's a legit conversation. I don't care – and I don't know how you do it. I'm not the guy who constructs the team. I'm not the guy who, who, who incorporates the philosophies to the team. But that's what has to happen. If this organization wants to get back to greatness, you know, if, if, if people like DeMond want to see what the hype is all about, why everyone is, is, is so high on Raider Nation or so high on the Raiders, well, what have they done? For, for DeMond, DeMond don't know. He ain't seen it. Have you ever seen the Raiders dominant? I am old enough to remember the Super Bowl
2: against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. but that They is, weren't
1: dominant in that game. I know. But they I'm, got their ass kicked.
2: Yes. <laughs> but as a kid, when you don't know too much about football, it was just, oh, okay. Um, you watch the Super Bowl and it's just, okay, I won with the Buccaneers because they had a better logo to me. Uh, it's Come on, man. It's a colorful pirate.
1: But <laughs> First of all, they pirated that pirate, by the way. I knew you were going to go there. I've always hated that about the Buccaneers. I feel like they looked at the Raiders logo and was like, you know what? They're onto something there. Let's see what we could do to kind of take it, steal it, but tweak it so you can't really bust us for it. That's so how I always felt.
2: Yeah, but and then you mentioned about not being great, the decades upon decades of greatness. This past decade, the 2010s, like you mentioned, the last decade, the the only decade that you don't see in a, a Super Bowl appearance at least. Right. So like you said, I have no memory a good memory. I can't tell you why the Raiders are so good. So when it is, you see the fan base and it's so passionate and it's like, man, I love you guys because you guys are still rooting for this team, still cheering, right. still, you know, they've been dying on every loss. And that's and why me, Raider Nation like, hey. is so
1: awesome because yes. Raider Nation is so damn passionate and Raider Nation, I don't know why we're so good at this, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've convinced Little Q that the Raiders are dominant. He ain't never seen it. He ain't never seen it. I mean, when the Raiders went to the Super Bowl, He wasn't, he wasn't kicking, you know what I mean, like that. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't doing that, right? I mean, so, it's just, they don't, they don't know. Let's put it like this. Raider Julian, Raider, Hooligan? No, I almost said that. Oh. (laughs) Raider Julian 81, sorry. I was about to say uh, Julio, but it's definitely Julian. Anyway, he said, Q, Charlie Garner was good, but I don't know if he was a Hall of Fame good. That tells you all you need to know. Charlie Garner, Charlie Garner, really good running back, really good player. I know Mark McMillan probably has plenty of good memories of Charlie Garner, but I don't think anybody in Raider Nation is like, man, can't wait till Charlie Garner gets into the hall. Or man, we should be pounding the table for Charlie Garner to get in the hall. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's saying that. He was a hell of a player with the silver and black. He he had a hell of a career. But I don't think anyone is sitting there pounding the table and being like, man, I can't wait till Charlie Garner gets in. I'll say this. I I, I would love to see Eric Allen get in. I thought he was a hell of a Raider. Thought he had a hell of a career as well. But again, if you can count the guys in a very small amount, there's not enough. There's not enough. They've had too many years going by without anything. You can go through draft, after draft, after draft, after draft, and be like, no, 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 no. There's a lot of if, if only. What if? Maybe if. Khalil Mack will probably end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. But... You know, I mean, maybe I think that I, I always say that defensive ends, edge rushers, if they get to 100 sacks, they're 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 yeah. gonna, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Is he going in as a Raider? I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. I know. I mean, Richard Seymour went in there and, and, and shouted out the Raiders as well. So, I, I mean, and he, he was there with the Raiders during some lean years, but he was a hell of a soldier. He was I mean, he was a hell of a leader for the team, you know, and so he when he gave his uh, Hall of Fame speech, which I was right there for. I thought he represented Raider Nation great. I, I, I mean, but you think of Richard Seymour, what do you think? Patriots, of course. Okay. There, I mean, there you go. You know, I guess if you think Khalil Mack, you could think of Raiders, or you could think of, well, I remember when he got traded, because that's what I remember. Anytime I hear that name, I remember where I was. Think about the good times, Q. I think about when I had to go outside there in Texas, and a hot day in Texas, and went and had to mow my damn lawn without talking to anybody. It was one of the few times that I got out of bed, didn't even didn't even give the, the wife a good morning kiss. I had rolled over, looked at my phone, saw a tweet from Adam Schefter saying he was on his way to the Bears, and I got up out of bed immediately. Didn't even have a hesitation. Got dressed, went outside, started mowing that damn lawn. Turned on, I don't know, 90s hip-hop or something like that, and I was DMXing it up. He didn't win that defensive player of the year in a Bears jersey. Can he you? did not. Exactly. He did not. But, you know.
2: You guys got some, come on, man. Okay. I'm trying to get, I mean, Khalil Mack, I'm giving you that one.
1: Okay. How many career sacks does he have right now? I know you got the numbers pulled up. 82 and a half. Okay. So he's still got work to do. He still got work to do. He hasn't won a ring. You know, he hasn't won, multi- he's not Aaron Donald. He hasn't won multiple defensive player of the years, right? Well, that's because of Aaron Donald. Well, exactly. <laughs> and even the year he won it, there was a conversation that Aaron Donald should have won it. I didn't think so. I thought that Khalil was obviously the guy. And he made a lot of game-changing plays at the end of the game, seal, sealing the deal. But people could have that argument as well. The Raiders have to find a way to start stockpiling their their own talent, build their talent up, and win with their talent so there could be conversations about a guy later on down the line of, man, how come this guy's not in yet? What, what the hell's the problem? He should be in. They've got to develop those guys. They don't have them yet. They don't have enough of them consistently. That's where it all starts. The players are what's going to go win the games. The players are going to go win the championships. The players are going to put another Lombardi in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. 3.57 is the time. Lincoln Kennedy, he'll join us next, kicking off hour number three. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.